Welcome to What the Fun Podcast with Kimmy, Kisa, and Renee. Glad you can join us as we explore all aspects of entertainment and current events with industry professionals, friends, and us. Welcome. And we are now at episode 10. <laughs> We've hit the double digits. Episode 10. I cannot Yay. believe And we're already in September. I know. This all started back in May and we're like three episodes away from, well, no, two episodes after this one from wrapping up Mm -hmm. season one. Yay, ladies, we did it. Makes me so excited. I love that we have, um, you know, our followers, our listeners, you know, just engaging with us and just sharing how much they enjoy our show. It was really cool to hear from some of my colleagues, you know, share some of their favorite episodes, you know, some mm-hmm. um, one included the episode on, um, I just said it earlier, uh, which one was it? Uh, oh, Jason Donter, episode one. One really enjoyed Jason's um, episode because it resonated with him and his kid's situation with having to do like theater online. And so that was, you know, very resourceful. And then also um, Kathy, you know, someone who wasn't familiar with the fashion industry was just like really intrigued by the marketing process and Mm -hmm. how she, you know, handles business. So it's really cool to hear other people talk about the episode because that's that's what we want. We want people to talk about what they learned from, you know, our guests and their favorite moments. And they like the little takeaways at, at the end as well. So, yeah, the last episode with Abel Ceballos was for me, very special because it like reconnected me with a lot of my alumni friend from Cal State Fullerton and and just sending them messages on Facebook and then being excited about hearing him. And then I've heard some feedback from them as well. Like we, they could listen to the episode a couple of times, <laughs> not more, just to hear him. So it's it's nice to to reach out and having this as a platform to do that is great. It has been great. And I'm excited about this particular episode as well, because there's going to be some really good, good gems, good tidbits. (laughs) I know. I can't believe it. We're, you know, we're doing it. We said we were going to and look at us now. Comment to conclusion of season one. (laughs) That means that we're going to have season two, guys. Don't worry. We're going to have season two coming. Oh, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> um, so I, I failed on one in, in one of my duties, and that was checking some of our messages. And there were a couple of questions that came in our inbox from some of our followers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we do have a question that came in um, last week from one of our listeners named Anthony Sierra, and he asks, "Okay, I'll just read what he wrote. Hi, friends, I have a question." I want to submit. Here I am. So in your episodes, you mentioned that you've spoken to your guests the night before the actual recorded episode. What kinds of things do you talk about during the meeting and how does it help the episode making process? Ooh, who wants wants to take that? Who wants to take it? (laughs) Well, actually, we started doing it after we interviewed Jason. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we all knew Jason, so it was helpful, but we realized that we would have guests on our shows that we all three didn't know. So we decided to just do like a pre 
meet and greet so that we could just kind of break the ice and cut through all of the, you know, like uneasiness of meeting people. So we just, you know, so we could just prep our guests and prep ourselves on which direction we wanted to take the interview. So that was a great thing that we learned. (laughs) Thank God we learned (laughs) episode one. Because we were able to apply it for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's very helpful too because um, it it just helps the context of the episode. And granted, the conversation is just as good as when we do the interview. And sometimes we're like, "Ooh, which one?" You know, trying to to recreate the magic that happens the first time around. But it does; it still happens eventually for the second uh, episode as well. So. It's been interesting. Absolutely. It's also gauging our guests' personality too, you know, Mm -hmm. and them getting to know us, you know, how we, (laughs) how each of us stand out with our unique personalities, but, you know, for them to see how we roll and how they roll gives us an idea of how the conversation is going to go. You know, Um, majority of the time, all of our guests tend to give us so much more more than we have to pull from them and gives us a lot mm-hmm. of materials for us to, you know, look at. So we're very thankful to have um, guests who love to just talk and share and can go on and on and on. And it's the meet and greets to me are fun and they're just as good as the interview and to what um, Renee was saying. Yeah. You know, sometimes it goes better than <laughs> you know, the actual interview. <laughs> just comes up but and also the other thing is that we can talk people through working all this technology because we record everything in our own homes like separately we are not together recording this you know socially distant at a picnic table so it's like you know we all have to like walk everybody through this because it's a process you know oh yes And people get confused and it's fine because we've been doing this. So it's easier for us to walk the guests through. And we've had a lot of interesting technical situations on the show. (laughs) A whole lot. I think my favorite, though, is Kimmy. When we were recording a cubicle chat and her voice just like got completely distorted and it just sounded like an alien. I had no idea what was going on because all I can see were these two, Kisa and Renee, just laughing and going cuckoo for Cocoa Pups. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm talking normal. I can hear them normally on the other end. But apparently I sounded completely different on the other side and they were rolling. It was so funny to them that Renee started recording with her phone. My yes, voice it was just great. Like that. And it happened not once, but twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. So then Kisa was able to record it the second time, I believe. So yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, And the other one was like, okay, so again, we're in our homes and we, we record via Zoom and we use a different uh, thing to actually record the audio, but uh we can see what's going on in each other's houses and Kimmy's there and her husband, like somebody knocks at the door and the husband walks out, comes back with like a bag and a package and then <laughs> turns out to be like 
the trash bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, so neighbor, the neighbor dropped off thinking it was a package because it was in an Amazon bo- uh, bag, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it's funny because the Amazon bag was very big. It was huge. And so we're like, oh, it's big enough to put our trash in. Why pull out another trash bag when you already got this? So we started putting our trash inside and then we put it by the door because we were planning on taking it down. And then our awesome neighbor, neighbor who was being very mindful of, you know, stuff, knocked on our door and said, hey, you, you have a delivery. We completely forgot about the trash and totally thought it was um, another delivery package. <laughs> so we're like, oh my gosh. Yay, well, that's a big package. And then when we open it up, we're like, oh my God, that's the trash. <laughs> uh, how did we forget that was the trash? I don't know. I don't know. It happens. <laughs> it does happen. It happens. <laughs> oh, and then like uh, interviews, during the interviews, we've had a lot of of good times with our guests as well that have been fun. <laughs> I mean, everybody has a life, right? So Everyone. it's not just you in your house by yourself. Oh, I mean, maybe it is you in your house by yourself, but you know, people have, you know, their loved ones over, their significant others, and you're just like, you know, life is happening outside of this recording. <laughs> their pets. Okay, so I think we kept it in uh, Paul Rico's episode I think I we, did. we did I don't remember where the cat was just like crying because he needed to I think he was doing his business oh that was Simon <laughs> that was Simon's cat what no was, I think that was Paul's, it was cat. Paul's cat was it Paul's cat yes. yeah Simon's cat came and showed up at the end of the episode and was like okay I'm gonna make my yeah, my just jumped right appearance up. this one last time and then in this episode that we're airing today even though we TG, TGFE, thank God for <laughs> for editing. <laughs> we had a cat who needed to get out of the room and was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. just meowing like crazy. <laughs> so let's not forget about our pets. Kimmy, yeah. your dog always makes a presence as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to, I think he made an appearance in this episode too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, he says dog Lila just chills in the back. <laughs> As you can see here, she's asleep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she's just like She has it. to be she has to be with me. So it's like you know, she'll just come in here and she'll just sleep. But then you I'll know when she's like ready to get up and like go do something else cuz she'll just start yawning so loudly (laughs) (laughs) that's her way I don't know all because we can't be in person we can't be together in person unfortunately yeah but you know we've made it happen so I think we found a good way of creating these episodes without having to be in person yes Mm -hmm. but it has been fun to get to see each other I mean last weekend we spent some time together. Yes. And yes, had a little yes. photo shoot. Yeah. Shout out to Angel for taking those photos. Yes. They turned out awesome. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, okay. So one, the good thing about like getting to see each other was just like having girl time and actually hanging out. And, you know, and this episode, I feel we, we do that as well, but we get to um, talk about the hustle about mm-hmm. being in the entertainment business as an actor. 
Um, because again, success is uh, can be considered differently. It's all weighed differently, and and it, I don't know what I'm saying. Somebody help. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think that sometimes people don't really understand what it actually takes to be quote unquote successful in this business mm-hmm. because it is not an easy ride. And I think we've demonstrated that just over the last couple months with these episodes yeah. of just having that resiliency. And, you know, these ladies, Laura and Arelli, they, they're the prime example of that. You know, mm-hmm. they're out there, they're auditioning doesn't matter how big or how small the role is or what they're looking for you exactly know? they 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 break the barriers you know i mean it's one thing like they might be looking for a particular look you know opposite of what one person actually looks like but then when they see that person that could change the whole, it's a game changer right there that could change the whole mm-hmm. you know casting and um hey you know what i kind of like this person's look i mean it's one thing to learn or not learn, but to have that talent in the craft. But then the other component to this is truly hustling, pushing yourself mm-hmm. out there even more, being a pit bull and aggressive for these, you know, gigs. You're hungry for it. You want it, you know, and these ladies really know how to like get themselves out there and not just let, you know, one thing get in the way and like rejection. Absolutely not. You know, the, these ladies are badass in my book. They're so awesome. Mm-hmm. I love them. They make me want to audition. <laughs> Yay. Do Yay. You should. <laughs> you should. Um, yeah. And it's about the journey, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Usually we think about the end goal and getting to the end goal. But once you get there, it's like you're there. It's it, And what you really enjoyed is, is the process. It's the journey. It's going through whatever it is, this podcast, going through the learnings of all of that, that is the fun part. That is you actually living out your dream, even though you're not, you're just thinking, oh, I have to get to that thing first, that goal first in order for me to feel like successful. And that's not the case. Uh, You should be enjoying the process as it is because what you're doing now is part of that. It's part of that success. It's part of that dream. It's part of living out your life, you know? So exactly. get to it, Kimmy. Go audition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Let's not wait any longer. Let's go ahead and uh, bring these ladies in. Yay. Oh, wait, I'm bringing them in. <laughs> so um, <laughs> uh, today we have two individuals who I respect very much and am inspired by every day. I met them back in 2002-2003 era at the Frida Kahlo Theater, where I had the honor of sharing the stage with them in the production of Las Mujeres de Juarez in what seems like a lifetime ago, um, but a lifetime I hold dear, near and dear to my heart. Um, please welcome to the show these two kick-ass, strong Latina actors who com- commonly share an extensive background and credits in television, film, commercial, and stage. Aurelia Raniva, Cross, and Laura Vega. Welcome to What the Fun. Yay! Thank you very much for having us. Welcome. We are so excited to have you guys here today. We really are. Um, We got the opportunity of chatting yesterday, and you got to meet both Kisa and Kimmy, and they got to meet you. And 
these ladies are just as impressed by you as I am. So welcome. We are so excited. Thank um, you. Uh, so we are here today to discuss the hustle of being in the business and to show that success can be defined in many ways, especially for a long-lasting career in acting here at um, in Hollywood. It's not about, you know, yes, we can reach the heights of the Kerry Washingtons, Selma Hayek's, and Brad Pitt's of the world, but there is also finding success in, you know, the everyday you know, you guys have a very, a long lasting career. You've been in the business for a while. And, uh, Arely, you have family that's in the business. So you're not only managing yourself, but you're managing them. Laura, you've been in the business for quite a while <laughs> and continue to be successful in it. So to start <laughs> us off, um, both of you started your careers when you were much younger in dancing. Laura, yeah. you were a folklorico dancer, and Arely, you were a spinning dreidel. I was. <laughs> <laughs> a very good beginning. one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've been taking every gig I can since day one. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys discover back then? Why, what drew you? What did you discover? When you started doing folklorico and spinning as a dreidel, the reason why that dreidel story I like to share it, but more, but before I even used to share it, it was just kind of like my little story was because that was like the moment where I was like, I found the thing I love, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But in and then also because, like I shared with you guys yesterday, I wasn't being exposed; like nobody knew it was me. I was inside like a big thing just spinning, right? But in my, I felt like that love that you feel when you only touch the stage, you know, mm -hmm. and for anyone who has ever fallen in love with the stage, only we know what that feels like, whether it's in a little theater, doing guerrilla theater at a Starbucks, or whether it's a big ass theater, right? Like, you know, that high that you mm -hmm. get when you touch mm -hmm. the stage. So I felt that high when I was five years old, you know? I'm like, I'm like, this is, and they don't have to see me. I mean, be great, right? But they don't have to. I know I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, that was it. Like, that was just like the beginning of what, where the game began. And then after that, it was just tasting a little bit of this and tasting a little bit of that. But to always stay on stage was always been the ultimate goal, you know? And then to be able to be part of whatever the creation is, is like that high that keeps you, you finish one show and then you're like, I can't wait to get that next high, right? That's like the mm -hmm. drug. That's the drug mm -hmm. that, that, you know, I've been feeling like I've been chasing for, for years, you know, and, and, and you miss it when you're not doing it, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Laura? My mom had a little doll. So when Aww. I was born, I was her doll. And she would put me in beauty pageants. You see it? Beauty pageants that, that I hated. But the dancing at least was physical. At, the, at least yeah. was physical. And not only that, I had a great friend, uh, who uh, my friend Sandra, who showed me that if we dance, we get boyfriends. So oh. we, we, we get boyfriends and we, you know, we become this show. Um, so it was... I think for me, the arts or this kind of entertainment 
became a way and in for me in, uh, in various different uh, settings. Um, and then in, when I came to the United States, um, as I was telling, it became my way in to bring my culture uh, and show it into my predominantly white um, grammar school. And they embraced it. I had a third grade teacher who embraced, you know, cultural things, you know, and um, it, but dancing and the arts was my way in. And it was a way to share myself. And not only that, it was, um, I, it was a way to communicate with community, to be with everyone. And mm -hmm. I didn't at that time see myself as an immigrant. I just saw myself as a human. And then I, you know, you talk about that idea of, well, I, it wasn't my choice to come here. Believe me, it wasn't my choice to come here. And it wasn't something that I was asked. And so the way that I, you know, my therapy was the arts, you know, that's a place to go, you know, and then I found it out later on that the stage was a place to have a voice as a woman of color, as an immigrant, as a, and, and a lot of people didn't even know. They're like, you're from Mexico, but you speak such, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, I don't need to educate <laughs> anyone. I'm just like, yeah, okay, and move on, you know. So um, mm -hmm. the arts, um, theater especially, became such an important part of, um, you know, learning about yourself and also representing your community, so to speak. Mm -hmm. For the most part, telling any parent that you want to go into like acting, um, any, anything in the entertainment industry as a professional is definitely not an easy thing to do because they don't, they don't get it. They don't understand it. My parents, my dad, especially, you know, he's, he, both of my parents immigrated to the States from the Philippines and my dad who comes from like a small side of the country, he, um, he, you know, came from a large family they were poor but he busted his butt to get to the united states and out of like 14 children he is like one that made it out of that little island into the united mm -hmm. states to establish a professional career and each of his siblings all had professional jobs they were doctors they were lawyers they were teachers educators you know engineers and my dad was a civil engineer so my cousins also followed that footsteps. And for me, of course, you know, he had plans. He wanted me to be a professional, but just didn't get it. Um, he didn't get the entertainment industry because I was very much passionate about acting. And when I mentioned wanting to be a performer, he, it was a struggle. The struggle was so real because he just never understood the entertainment industry. Now, I know you ladies came from, you know, a family of immigrants as well. And I know that I'm sure it was hard for you. Can you share? Can you share what that experience was like with your families when you chose acting as a, as a profession? You know, I come from a family of immigrants. We already, we already pointed that out. And, and, and the arts, unfortunately, in my, in my, um, my experience, weren't, necess weren't necessarily applauded. They were just more like on the side because, mm -hmm. you know, they want you to succeed. And artistically in this world, when you are an immigrant at the time, <laughs> that's just not where... The game was, it was more realistic for me to say, I like to teach, right? Mm -hmm. Or I like to, maybe I'll be a lawyer. Like that was the stuff that's like, you know, you can't really show up <laughs> to mom and dad who are hustling to pay next month's rent and be like, I want to be an actor. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, you know, they're like, watch a novela, put on your little TV show here and act here. But it wasn't something that was like, you know, pushed 
you know, and not because yeah. they don't want you, but because it's, it's, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard and they don't want you to have your heart broken. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I wanted my mom to come to the conferences and, and they, they tell her, Aureli's good at public speaking. Like your daughter's really good at the arts because I know what they were going to tell her about math. You know what I mean? So I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just Uh-oh. a way of avoiding. <laughs> I'm like, can we focus? Why do we got to be negative? I'm like, can we focus on what I'm good at? <laughs> I have one better. So my parents are really, really strict old school Mexicanos um, where school is like, you know, so anytime you got called into school, it was bad. It wasn't a good thing. You know, it was the same when I told them I wanted to be an actor. I might as well have told them that I wanted to be, you know, a prostitute. prostitute. (laughs) No, it gets better. So then fast forward, I'm a professional now and I invite my immediate family to a play in old at the Old Globe Theater, uh, La Nona, right? And so I invite them to the to a play at the Old Globe Theater. Well, my mom and dad—it's the first time they've ever supported me, and you know it's by San Diego, tons of family. So what do they do? They invite the whole F family, my family, to come down and check me out. Guess what role I'm playing in this? Oh God. <laughs> I'm the young girl who thinks she's a pharmacist, but in fact she's she's having sex in her room to support her family. So she's a prostitute. And I'm like, and I didn't know my family was not gonna come. So at you know, when they see me, you know, they at the end afterwards they're like they're trying to stay to say hello to me. They could they were like I love her. <laughs> Because it's like, you know, it's a whole globe. Lots of people there. I'm like in a negligee, you know. And I was like, oh, my God. And so that's the that's the, that's the interesting, uh, you know, background with our families and how they, what it is about our career, you know. And then I just stopped telling them. I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing a commercial. Yeah, whatever, you know. I, yeah. I wouldn't even tell them what I was doing. I'm like, I'm done. I can't. I, I can't. I can't, you know. Oh my god, I love that. You guys are <laughs> cracking me up. <laughs> so ladies, tell me about the audition process. Do you guys feel like nowadays more recently there you guys are being called in for roles that you wouldn't normally be called in for? Yeah, you know, the thing is this business changes second by second. Mm-hmm. You know what people want. You know, what they yeah. put out on a call sheet is so different than what they want in 10 minutes or five minutes. And then so mm-hmm. much goes into it, you know. So uh, once again, things are changing. But there was a time where Black Latinas was just something they weren't even going to bother with. They yeah. like to see you. They like to see you. They love to see you. They love to see you at the auditions. They, want, they call mm-hmm. you back. But oh, we're just not ready to go that route. Straight to your face. You know, and he could speak the clear, you know, perfect Spanish, perfect English, perfect everything. But they just, they think, they used to think that it was just not the route they wanted to go. Always. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stay very boxed in to mm-hmm. what, you know, that look that fits everywhere. Right. So what I've learned about this audition process is if you have the opportunity to audition, audition. Mm-hmm. Period. It doesn't even matter if you don't even fit what they're looking for. You know, because you just never know. That's the thing with this business. 
You never know. You can walk into an audition and next thing you know, there's like seven people sitting there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that one person is the one who is actually in charge of making all these changes and something about you, he or she might've liked, you just mm-hmm. don't know. So, so if you can, if you get a chance to just get in there and show a little bit of what you are capable of doing, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're putting in a seed. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, I mean, and to think and to have that, um, to come to be present when you walk in a room and even the receptionist is your casting person, even your receptionist, mm-hmm. you never know where he or she is going to end up tomorrow. But the other thing that I learned is that, um, uh, before I had my child, I was doing, we were doing, I was running with filmmakers, independent, small, independent filmmakers, or, or people who just had the idea to write or people who had the idea to create in any way, shape, or form. And what I've learned, which was really interesting, that had nothing to do with the audition process, is you can find out about projects that are being made. I, and, mm. you know, like one mm-hmm. time I was at a party and my friend goes, I go, why do I need to be here? This party sucks. Everybody's all dressed up. They're all fake, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Laura? do you know who that is over there? And I'm like, no. And then he, you know, they would tell me and, and it's like, and I go, well, what am I supposed to go over there and schmooze? And he goes, no, let it happen naturally. That's another way. Like that mm-hmm. was a different way. Oh, what projects? Listen, 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 read, mm-hmm. read, read. What projects are being made? And as soon as you know, like at the second, you know, I remember writing a letter to, uh, one of my favorite playwrights because um, I knew his play was coming up and I'm like, I want to do this. I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the letter got to him, they had already been cast in San Francisco. So I was a little bit bummed, but the fact that he wrote me back, mm. the playwright wrote me back, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a different way of approaching the industry that I was like completely blind. I had no idea. Instead of just waiting, because, you know, all I did was wait for my auditions. That's it. I'm mm. like, okay, I'm going to wait because I have two agents. I have a commercial agent and I have a theatrical agent. Well, they know what I'm good for. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I want to know is because you ladies are so busy, busy actors, <laughs> and, you know, landing all these <laughs> gigs left and right. How was it with um, handling rejection? in the earlier years of your acting career, how did you deal with handling rejection from casting directors? And what would you advise those future actors as well when it comes to handling rejection? Well, flat out, if you can't handle a rejection, you have no business in this business, period. That's the hustle. Yeah, that's, you got to come in already with a thick skin, you know? You know, rejection for me didn't start hurting into Latinos rejecting me a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. So I was cool with being, I, I was cool with being rejected. Like I was like, I knew it was part of the hustle. You know, I know, yeah. I, said, I know a lot of these people are going to say no to me. Right. But you know, I must still go. Cause you know, I'm like one day the stars are going to shine on me one day. So I, I can take 10 no's. I just need one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. How is the rest of Hollywood going to accept you when your own peeps don't? Mm-hmm. Then it starts to kind of make you think like that. Like, I'm like, well, no wonder I haven't made it. Because you all don't want to be represented by somebody that looks like you. Mm -hmm. This is not the girl you're trying to send. Mm -hmm. Right? So then it kind of makes you feel a little bit. But then at the same time, it also makes you want to walk out and be like, well, you're going to start. You're going to get used to seeing me because I'm going to be back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'll be back. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) So for me, if I look at something differently, then it changes the way I walk into space. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. the casting people, you know, they don't want you not to be it. There's Mm -hmm. a reason why you're in that space. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why you're there. Um, I've never taken it personal unless it was something that I really wanted. Um, and you know, the other thing is I've, I remember going into an audition as our audition stories, but I remember going into audition, right. And I walk in one of my friends, I could see her go, Oh, meaning that mm-hmm. when I walk in, I'm going to get the job. I walk in with, with sometimes not all the time, but sometimes they just go, well, this is mine. Everybody can leave. I'm, I'm sorry, but you can leave. This is not a big deal, but I know I'm going to get it. Right? And I walk in with that. My friend saw it, and her head went down. And at that moment, I wanted mm-hmm. to grab her and say, you know what? Don't do that. Don't fucking do that. Don't mm-hmm. let anybody, anybody take your power away from you. Mm-hmm. She's my friend. Mm-hmm. She's someone that I know, you know? But hey, she's my competition. You think I'm going to tell her that at that moment? No, I'm going to get the job. And then I'm going to go. And then I'm going to send her a text later. My check clears. <laughs> Let me talk to you, Kino. Oh, and I, I noticed yeah. that. And that happens. And the only reason I'm bringing that up, it's happened to me when I walked in and I've recognized somebody and I go, oh, well, I can't possibly get it. And I take myself mm. out. So. And, and that's something you guys touched uh, about yesterday and a little bit earlier today. It's like walking in with that power, right? That knowing yourself and walking in with the power and kind of letting it go at the same time so that you can book the job. Um, can you guys talk a little bit more about that? Because like you mentioned, Arely, like you can walk in, it might not be for you that particular role, but you're going to at least leave an impression that they're going to come back and be like, oh, wait a minute, I remember that girl. Or they can change something because of your energy. Both of you touched a little bit about that yesterday. Can you share a little bit of that with the, with us today? I think that, you know, that for me, the stuff that I have booked are the ones that I've put less effort into. But when I say it's effort... You. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. It's yeah, you're authentic that, in yourself. Yeah, so, you know, not like I'm showing up all raggedy and not giving an F. No, not that kind <laughs> of effort. Right. But like the kind of effort where like I haven't overthought about it. Mm-hmm, yeah, right? exactly. Because there's stuff that I have overthought about like two days in advance and over researched and overwhelmed myself. And then I showed up yeah. too robotic. Right. But yeah. the stuff that I have booked, man, one I booked with just a smile. Quite honestly, the guy, the director told me, he goes, I love your smile. You genuinely look happy. <laughs> and then I said, but can I say my line? Because I memorized it. <laughs> <laughs> right? It got, it got a, so, but, but yeah, so I guess my answer is I didn't really have a lot. I don't, I don't remember doing much other than just showed up and did it and walked out feeling very casual. Mm-hmm. You ladies have such a fucking infectious personality. Like I <laughs> cannot stop laughing at you too. I love the fact that you, well, one, both of you are so charismatic, so exuberant. Mm-hmm. You guys just put off this freaking crazy positive energy and just being so strong. It's very inspiring. You going to those auditions with confidence and whatnot. Where do you get your strength from? 
where where do you get this power, this strength to do what you B12. do to be successful? B12. Just, <laughs> yeah, B12. B12. She's like, are you talking about B12, the vitamins or B12 years old? B12 years old. <laughs> I like the 12 year old. A girl cannot live without them vitamins. I'm like, look, look, the world needs us, honey. The world needs us. Anyone who's having a day and you walk in and you, you assess the situation like a cop and you're like, okay, what, what is at? needed here? Yeah. What is needed here? What is needed here? Oh, there's a lot of shit y'all need here. Let me give you some energy. Let me give you some life. Yeah. And I'm going to show you something that you haven't seen because you're not very smart and your imagination is limited by what I look like. You know, let me love Laura. show you. Let me, let me show you what you need to see. I think we're, we're going to see, and I'm very happy for Adeli, you're going to see a drastic change that's going to come at you. Like, you know, be ready for those roles. Be ready for some idiot to say, you yeah. know what? We should get we should get a woman of color to play the lead role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kimmy, it's passion. That's where you get the energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That one thing that you love, right? That is just like you have to do it. So when you're down and out, you, there's something that keeps you going, right? So we all have a goal. We all have a dream. Right. We all have a, for us, it's, it's, it's mm. catching that next high. You know what I mean? So it's the love for the, the love of being rejected, girl. The love of being, you know, still in the game. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. You know, it's the love of yeah. still being, see, you got to stay, you know, uh, you got to stay, you got to stay playing at all times. Yeah. yeah. You have to be all the time. That's the only way it works. Yeah. Always got to be ready to bet. I love that. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, something that you said, Laura, that I was, I agree with is that I do, especially right now in this time, I do see this business changing. Uh-huh. And I do see that we will have so much more representation on the stage, on the screen, wherever we are, because. Now, like now is the time and there's so many people, people of color, white people who want that representation because it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 2020. It's the damn time. (laughs) How does it happen? Like, why are we still even having the conversation, right? On how we're going to get the chance, right? But, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to think about the fact that it's been centuries and centuries, right? Right. And you have to kind of like, you have to abolish all that shit. So it takes a, it takes a minute. Yeah, it's true. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you both are moms. So how do you guys balance having a family and working in this business? Because we all know that our schedules are jam-packed and quite demanding. Um, I forget who, which director was talking to which director about. He was thinking about uh, having, he said he didn't want a family because it would interfere with his career. Like, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. And then the retort was, you know, it's because of my family that I have a career. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it gives yeah. you a different uh, gravitas that you don't have. Um, it changes your perspective. It gives you a whole new set of tools that you didn't think you had before. Um, and it's doable. It's so doable. It's so you know, super yes, doable. It gets over- 
It's so right, right. I mean, yeah, it's not it like is. I'm a single mom and I'm never complaining. You never hear me going, "Oh my god, oh my god," you know. It's doable. It's it's. Yeah, not, I complain all the time. Know. I complain all the no, time. No, it's I'm okay to complain. No, it's okay yeah. to complain. Right. No, but it is super doable for me. It was like, yeah, you think I, I, you know, I brought my kids into the business. Of course, knowing that it might not be for them, right? So far, it's mm-hmm. worked out where they all have the bug enough to, you know, where everybody's, you know, doing it and stuff. So it makes it easier because the interest is the same. But the other reason why it's so important for me is because their mama ain't no quitter. So how can I expect for them not to quit whatever it is that they're going through or raise mm-hmm. them that way if I, at this point in my life, can't handle the heat? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right? So it's kind of like lead by example. You know, so I would love for them to one day say, we only know for my mom to be an actor. She never stopped. You know, mm-hmm. maybe she didn't make it big or whatever, but she was at the Frida Kahlo Theater every weekend or she was at auditions trying to get a commercial or whatever it is that I'm doing. You know, it is important mm-hmm. for me, you know, for them to know that it, it, it that, that when you have a dream, you got to stick to it. Got to stick to it. Yeah. You know? And I can't teach that unless I myself am doing it. Wow. That's awesome. As we wrap up, do you guys have any last uh, little bits of words of wisdom to give to our listeners? This is the, this is a super soul moment. The super soul moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be anything, right? It could be advice. It could also be something that's driven you in your personal lives. Like what, why you do it at the end of the day, other than it being a drug, right? So it could be yeah. anything. If it's something that you really love, don't quit on yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't quit on the one thing that you love. Even if it's not this, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and just because your name is not shining doesn't mean you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you're not living your dream, you know, just because people don't know who you are. That doesn't right. mean your dream isn't. A reality, mm-hmm. right? And it might it might shine one day or it might not. But the reality is that you are working. You're in the game. For me, that's all I could say. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. I think um, I think just like what we do using our creativity, I think uh, use that creativity to think outside the box. As to how to go about your auditions, your career, yourself. Um, I think if you use your creativity in everything that you're doing, it'll take you a long way. Just look at things differently. Look, view a character differently. View an audition differently. View your finances differently. View uh, everything in a different way. Use your creative spirit to sort of guide you. And I promise you, it'll take you to where, like George Bernard Shaw said, you know, if you create a hero within yourself, God will send an author to write its part. Now, I don't, I'm not, I'm an agnostic, but it's that idea that, you know, writers are waiting to write your story, that the uh, creatives are waiting to write that and just create yourself that hero. And once 
you know, you use your creativity just like you do on stage, just like you do on film, just like you do in all your classes. Do it and see the business differently. I think that you mm-hmm. will come to it like a child. You will play. And if you are still playing within your within your career, I think you will have a long, a long ride with it. And you know? mm-hmm. I think just use that creativity, man. That nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. You guys are wonderful. (laughs) So much fun. Thank you. If you'd like to follow these ladies on Instagram, you can follow Aureli at Aureli Araniva and Laura Vega at Rainway Vega. Yes. And please don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Rikiki Productions. Also, don't forget to leave us a message, comment, or any questions you may have for us on Facebook or Instagram at Rikiki Productions. Yes, and make sure that you are subscribed to all of our podcast platforms so you can stay up to date on all of our latest shenanigans. We post new episodes of What the Fun podcast every other Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.